When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, we're back for our first tripe supper in what feels like an absolute eternity. Uh, we, we had planned a, a mega launch for our return, but it's the same as it was with myself, Dom Shaw, Phil Talentine and Anthony Vickers. Uh, and we're talking about the recent run of results, which hasn't been great, and looking ahead to the end of the season, and obviously Tony Pulis' future as well. Um, it's felt for a long time this season like it, but I haven't been in and around the playoff and promotion mix. We've said that repeatedly, haven't we, in mm. terms of the mood around the club. But now even more so, that run of three results uh, on, on the bounce, three defeats on the bounce before the break, really has burst any kind of bubble of optimism that was building with the good results that came before that fill against Blackburn and QPR. Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? Um, when you look at the performances, they've been very patchy, haven't they? There's been good moments. You know, you mentioned the team coming off the back of those two wins and the table looked bright and we were even get a little bit excited about potentially chasing down the top two at one, at one point. It's funny how things change so quickly, isn't it? Um, when you look at the Brentford game, you just think... Um, started, you know, started well and got the goal and then yeah, it was worrying the way Borough were sort of played off the park in the second half and obviously the infamous tactical switch now taking Brit off was pretty you know gave gave a lot of people a stick to beat the manager with and then um you know you thought we thought Borough put things right against Preston to an extent you know we're in control of the match as we know should have been further ahead but nonetheless you're looking at a fairly routine home win and then the red card happens and Borough kind of imploded I know everyone's got their own take on the red card but for me above and beyond that it was the way the team sort of just lost lost the plot a little bit, I think. You know, um, some of the substitutions again were questionable. I was amazed Downing didn't come in, in on in either of those games, particularly when the game was going away from Bury. So good at reading the play and processing the ball and and just keeping possession and calming people down. And a lot of that goes unseen and isn't appreciated. But for me, that was the substitution that had to happen against Brentford. Surely not. You know, not you know, not not go defensive and, and and almost ask them to to break it down. And then Villa was just a really really desperate performance, and I'm sure we'll talk talk about it. It was a. It wasn't so much the fact that Borough went back to that formation of one up front. It was the it was the fact that they played with so little intent and intelligence, and you know, Villa ran them ragged. It was one of the most one sided performances. I know Borough did have their chances, friend shot straight at the keeper, Brit headed over, we got our regulation mention of Brit after the match, didn't we, from the gaffer, yeah, for his missed chance, but you look at a team like that, you know, Borough have been played off the park a few times this season, and ironically, it's teams that are below them that tend to do it, but the, the, the worry is now that Villa have just on a right old run, and they've closed the gap to a point, and um, and that was a, that was a really demoralising Performance as much as result, I think, at Villa Park. Yeah, I, I find it's interesting that you know there's there's an irony there in that those three results uh, you've, you've gone from being nailed on in the playoff place to looking over your shoulder, and that that run has come at a time when Tony Pulis had changed it. Mm. He often gets accused of having no plan B, and we've gone through a run of games there where he's pretty much done what people wanted: two up front. Uh, much more dynamic midfield, uh, a high press, 
the wing was very, very mobile in midfield. It changed the wing backs from being defenders to more attacking minded midfielders. All the ingredients were there and in spells, uh, those games, I thought Borough were excellent. The first hour against Preston, I, I think that's as well as they've played all season. And the irony is that despite playing in a more assertive way, a more attacking way, a more enterprising way, results have actually dipped off, which is very strange. Obviously, that, that gave him the, the excuse or the reason or, or whatever to switch back to his default uh, p- uh, approach against Aston Villa. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was worse. So I think that leaves Tony Pulis in an interesting place. Does he go back to that attacking style, which looked like it was yielding positive impact on the pitch? You know, they were dominating games, creating much more, uh, much more chances. So, does he go back to that, or will he stick with what you know his tried and tested methods? Now the pressure's on. Now that you're looking over your shoulder, now you can't afford to lose. Does he go back to one up top and, and keeping it rigid? Pulis has another challenge now, doesn't he? A, a new challenge because his man management skills are said to be very good. We saw what he did with, say, Adama Traore at the, at the back end of, of last season. And he, he's clearly a motivator in that he, he has proven over and over again, we we'll in the year and a bit that he's been here, that he can pick them up on the canvas when they, when, you know, when they take a hit. Um, they haven't lost two on the bounce until last week. Now, now to go into the international break, having lost three games on the bounce, and particularly in such demoralising fashion against Aston Villa, he has a job on his hands, obviously tactically, to make the decision that you talked about there, but also to pick them up, doesn't he, and, and make them realise that you know, not only to, to, to stay in the playoffs, but they can go on to win them, because that's still yeah. the aim, although they don't look at the minute like a promotion-winning team. So, so it's, a, it's almost a new challenge for him, isn't it, in this fortnight? I think absolutely. I was, you know, we've, we've talked at length about the quotes that he came out with at Villa Park saying the players were flat following the Preston match and I was a little bit mystified by that and I still am to an extent. You know, players are, players, players are disappointed every time they lose. That's, 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 that's fact, isn't it? You'd, you'd, be, you'd, be, you'd be really upset if the players weren't upset to lose. Did you think they were flat? Or did you think... The, 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 the setup just played in the I think, well, I think I, it was interesting he mentioned it. Yeah, I, well, I thought it was interesting he mentioned it. Too many times this season we've heard this thing about, you know, his frustration with the, the way the team started a game. You know, he, he'll, he'll say that he sent them out, say, against Millwall at home, you know, you know, wanted to take the game by the scruff of its neck and impose themselves. And we've seen too many times in games where the exact opposite is true. Now, is that a case of the manager not getting his message across? Or is that the case of the players not taking any notice of the message or not being able to implement or is it? it? Is it a case of the opposition? Well, I know that if you keep her quiet and... Don't let them get into their stride. You've got more chance of winning. Yeah, well, I think I think I mean, there's there a, I think the, I think there are two teams on the pitch, and I always take that argument. But I think you dictate, particularly at home. I think how you start start a match is pretty much in your hands. Particularly against teams that many teams you mentioned Millwall, the teams that come to the Riverside with an intent to stick, sit back. So that does that does allow Borough the impetus straight from the off to, to take the game to the opposition. So it's not as if it's not as if. Borough are coming up against teams at home that are really having a go at them too often. You know, with most most occasions we can think of, the team has come to set up to frustrate. The exceptions being Derby, Forest, teams like that. Who really, you know, Villa played some really good football at the Riverside. So I don't think it's necessary. I take the point about but there's always two teams on the pitch. Of course there is, but I don't think that's necessarily the reason why Borough have been 
you know, why the managers had to call them out on the fact that they were so flat. So you're absolutely right that it's a big job now ahead of him as we build up towards Norwich. I, I think Vic made the point uh, earlier in the week that it's a good game to have in the same way that the Leeds game was a good game to have. I think Borough don't have too many problems at home in a big situation like that. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Borough play really, really well against Norwich because they're capable of it. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's much better, in my view, to have a game like that to build up towards after a bad bad set of results than to, to, to say, host Rotherham. Yeah. where the fans, away to Rotherham. Yeah, where the fans will be sat with their arms folded saying, right, come on then, what are you made of? I think they'll be fired up for the, the Norwich match, the fans. And there is a little bit of a... You know, it's both you know, fans and players together. But yeah, it was, it was strange to mention the fact that they were flat because that was a big game in a big stadium against good opponents that the, the players should have been really up for and, and quite often have been up for in the past. You know, you look at your George Friends and people like that, relish those kind of games and they don't normally disappear in them. But you made the point, Don, that that's four games against Villa, isn't it? Where Burr haven't laid a glove on them. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, and, and I know you say, you use the example of George there, but watching that game at Villa Park at the weekend, it didn't strike me that Borough didn't look up for it at all. It just struck me that... They played off the pitch. That, well, yeah, and, and every time it went up, uh, the two central defenders, well, I said two, they were playing three, but the two that were guilty of doing, of, of lumping it long were Ayala and Flint. It went up to Hugo. He was fighting a losing battle. Mm. Thankless task, as we've seen before. The midfield mm. was bypassed, and then it comes back and starts again. Mm. It was just a never-ending cycle. Mm. And I think you have, to, you have to also say that Greenish was superb. Uh, McGinn, McGinn, absolutely. Yeah. I, I looked at McGinn and I thought that's the the type of midfielder that uh, the Borough have missed, the Borough have wanted in there for for so long. Uh, I think the other the other thing, Phil, to to talk about um, is the the kind of mood music around the club in that the wins of over, over Blackburn, the win over QPR, um, even the result of Wigan. I know I know it was a disappointing draw when you look at Wigan's form, but. Borough still played in that more positive approach, created chances, um, and and the, the the frustration and the moans hadn't disappeared, but had obviously quietened off slightly. They're very much back now, aren't they? The, you know, we've seen the social media reaction over the last few days. There was the chant from uh, the not so complimentary chant from the away mm. at Villa Park on Saturday. Do you think Pulis is under pressure in that sense? Well, you always think you always think that. At a different club, he may well be. We saw what happened with Darren Miller, didn't we, at West Brom the other week. Um, I think at Middlesbrough, I think there genuinely is a good relationship between Steve Gibson and Tony Pulis. So that, that's, that's, a, that's a big factor. But there is the other big factor that he hasn't really taken the fans with him this season, or indeed last season to an extent. And, and I think a lot of that was baggage that came with him when he walked through the door. Um, you know, I think if fans didn't know Tony Pulis from Adam and judged him over the last year and a bit, I think it'd be a slightly different perception about him nonetheless you know the results are all important as we know and promotion is really all important and that, that's why I think you know we've spoke about it a bit this week it's about hearts and minds really um, and I think comments like things you know about being flat doesn't help his doesn't help his standing with the fans I think you know it might have been a very honest Assessment of how he felt at that time. You know, we've got to take the manager at his word there. You know, obviously we've also that 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 comment came just twenty four hours after he spoke about his own future at the press conference last week, where, you know, he's not even going to think about talking about his future till 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 the summer, and he's told Steve Gibson that. So, everything points to the fact that everything is dependent on how this season turns out. I think we'd all 
we all felt that anyway, didn't we? It's promotion and he stays. If Borough don't go up, it's probably a change of, of management. And that's a, a huge potential summer of, um, of, of, of you know, flux again, uh, which is the last thing we really need. Um, I think he's under pressure in terms of he'll be putting himself under pressure. You know, he's a very proud, uh, very pragmatic manager who came to Middlesbrough with a job to do. And he'll say, in the first six months he was here, he didn't achieve automatic promotion, which I'm sure was what Steve Gibson really, really wanted. But he did achieve a playoff place, and that was sort of a, a B, a B plus, if you want, in terms of a grade. Um, you know, when you look at the way this season panned out last season, it would have taken a remarkable sequence of results for Burr to force away in the top two, given the fact that Wolves, Fulham, and, and, and Cardiff just kept winning week after week. Um, this season, I felt that automatic promotion was always the really the, what we needed, what we wanted. We didn't want another risk of going into the playoffs. And, you know, we've had two transfer windows that didn't work out how the manager wanted. We've seen Triori and Bamford leave. It's been a bit messy, hasn't it? And and and, and Tony Pulis, to an extent, has brought a little bit of that on himself, I would say, by, you know, making the point in August that we can't maintain this fantastic form. We're not good enough, which is always a bit of a risk to say those things, even if you think it. And then there's the situation around both windows where he wants pace and power and hasn't been able to get his pace and power. Then you've got Van Lepara coming in who's barely kicked a ball. Um, there are so many little sub subplots to this season that that that, that, that when we write the book about 2018-19 in 20 years' time, if somebody gets that privilege, it'll be what it'll be one way it's hard to put a handle on it, isn't it? You know, we've got the cup, we've had the cup defeats, which have they were an opportunity to for, for the club to take a you know give the fans a little something extra this season. I think it's worth saying that it is all still there to play for. Absolutely, you know, the big prize is still there. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, are still in the playoffs and a lot of teams you know we we always guilty of concentrate on our own flaws but other teams will look at Borough and think you know they're a good set up Tony Pulis is a good manager uh, and at the end of the day I mean the, the playoffs are, it's all up for grabs if you're in the playoffs and personally I would love to go up at Wembley how many times have we been to Wembley We've seen one oh, goal. Yeah, I don't think there's I, mean, a, I don't think anyone can think, dispute. Yeah. You'd love to go, but yeah. you can't equally. You can't ignore what's in front. No, of but the minute, I think you? sometimes you, you, you know, you, no one's disputing. No one's about, saying we don't want to. No, go I'm, up, not, I'm not saying that. you are saying that, but sometimes when you, you concentrate on your own flaws and uh, the situations, really, I mean, sometimes you, you know you, you need to be saying, all right, draw a line under that. Let's be positive. And you know, you're talking about the the, the, the team being flat. Well. In a lot of ways, the whole atmosphere around the club is contributing to that. You know, there's a, there is a flatness, there's a, a cloud around the, the, the stadium and around the team and around the fans. And sometimes you have to say, you know, sod it, let's go for it. Yeah, but I think that's, I mean... Uh, isn't that, so isn't that Pulis' job? It, it, that's part of Pulis' job, yeah. yeah it's no. part of the players' job, it should be everyone in the club. And it should be everyone collectively around the club, and that, that includes us and the fans. And that was the point of that piece I did earlier this week. I think there is a huge opportunity there. That was the point I was trying to make, and that, that the, the players have to get their heads up and have to realise this is a fantastic opportunity. We're, we're, we're a couple of months away from potentially not having, having any more parachute money, sky money, and that makes next season's promotion quest all the more harder if Borough don't go up this season. That for me, that was the point. Was focused minds. You know, it's the manager's job to get the players on this. Whatever, whatever players they missed out on in January is gone now. As Vic says, if you park that, it's gone. It's history. The previous results are history. 
the, 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 all that matters now is these nine games to save the season and by nine saving cup the, nine, you want to call it what you win there's nine games left for Bury to, to, to not only get into the playoffs which I think fingers crossed touch wood they still will um, but to go into the playoffs with a, with, with, with a sense that the team knows how it's going to get the results well, when it gets to, there I was, going to touch on, I was going to touch on that Phil because the Villa, the Villa game on, on Saturday reminded me obviously of the Villa games in the playoffs last year yeah. in that Borough didn't really um, show themselves at all in an attacking sense in these nine games now Pulis is, is obviously needs to find a system that that will get Borough into playoffs but also a system that will see them beat a good team over two legs and then win again in the final so so he's, he's bound to have that in the back of his mind yeah, absolutely. so it's actually not at the forefront of his yeah. mind and again, it comes back to this thing, you know, do you go with the two up front? Do you, do you try and play the game in the final third of the opposition? You know, take the game to people. And arguably, the situation that they're in now dictates that that's what you do, because you've got to go for it. You know, two more draws now might be uh, good points in, in a solid sense. But on the other hand, that, that could see three or four teams immediately yeah. behind you scramble past. I mean, it's all about... Vic uses the word momentum, and that's a good word to use. It's also all about, as as we've talked about, you know, confidence and belief, and I, I think that's one of the things I'd like to see from, you know, the defence has looked a little bit shaky than normal lately, hasn't it? You know, three ge- three goals conceded against Villa, um, you know, two against Brentford, Preston and, Brentford. Uh, and, and Preston, yeah, and there were the work, you know, from a defensive point of view, you know, the manager himself was was disappointed by that. So there's an issue. Get that defence time. Well, I think just, sorry to put in, but just very very quickly. I think that was one of the positives for Pulis in, in, the, in the system that we were talking about there, in that earlier in the season, um, what, what he was tossing around in his mind was when they were going for it, for it that little bit more offensively, they, they were leaving gaps defensively. Yeah. The, one of the positives of the 3-5-2, and I know they were only playing um, QPR. Blackburn and QPR, but the, they, did, they did retain that defensive yeah, solidity, shift. didn't yeah. they, at, at the same yeah. time? Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, absolutely. So I think that's that's obviously key. That that might be, a, and I use the term um, advisedly. That might be a time to go back to basics. That doesn't excuse. When I say back to basics, I don't mean going one up front and booting eighty yard balls up to that man up front. What I mean by that is make sure your defence is set out solidly. You've got Mikel, okay, that a couple of quiet games, but this two week break will do him the world of good, and he'll be ready to kick on again. You know, this will give Wingy a little bit of a break. He's looked a little bit tired of late. You know, and get those, get the system back into a place whereby the players all feel. You know, there's been a little bit of chopping and changing this season, hasn't there? Now that's that's fine. Sometimes you've got to do that, but you've got to make sure you take the players with you. It's going to be an intriguing couple of months. It's going to be nerve wracking. It's going to be nerve wracking. It's going to be you know, it's going to be tense. It's going to be there's going to be ups and downs. I'm sure, but there is a we maintain. I think that's what Vic was saying as well. There's a huge opportunity ahead for Borough. They've got to grasp it. We touched on there a bit earlier about Pulis's future. You were at the press conference last Friday, Phil, when he was asked about it. His response, did, did, did anything surprise you by it? Was his response what you'd have expected him to say when, when asked that question? Just that it maybe he's a little bit more honest than they expected in terms of, you know, it, it clearly indicating that it's all to talk about in the summer. And, you know, you can imagine if Borough win promotion... Um, he, I would imagine if I was Tony Pulis, I'd want to get my hands on that Sky money and and, and finish the, the the rebuild that he he wants to do. What Steve Gibson thoughts are, who knows? You know, he might he might think um, 
yeah, great, you've got the nouse in that division, you know what you're doing. Or he might decide, no, thanks, Tony, you've got us up and now we're going to look elsewhere. We don't know that yet. It's all in, as you use that word, flux. I think from the manager's point of view, you got the impression that um, he'll probably have a long, hard think as well. Um, you know, what do you read into that? He's, you know, he said, we'll look at it, we'll talk to Steve. Everything's in place. You know whether I'm here or not, which is an interesting thing. We all we already know that the club will have two sets of targets. You know, regard whether if they go up, it'll be one set of targets. If they don't go up, it'll be another. There's been a lot of reshuffles around the back, behind the scenes at Borough to 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 make the club a, a better run organisation off the pitch. So we understand. Um, so he's he's his suggestion that the club will be fine. Whatever happens. Does mean does does give the impression that it's not unthinkable that he'll 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 move to pastures new. And and when Pulis came in, he made it absolutely obvious, didn't he? Right right from the very beginning, Vic, that he was obviously tasked with um, winning promotion on the pitch. But there was this kind of overview off the yeah. pitch that he talked about repeatedly. Fifteen, sixteen months down the line, what what do you make of the work he's done off the pitch? Well, because he he he. He's pleased with what he's done, isn't yeah. he? He thinks he's done a lot of good work. Very often, you don't see the obvious results of moving the furniture around on the pitch immediately. So fans will say, well, what the hell's going on? Nothing's changed. Uh, we know that they've, they've, they are rebuilding the academy. There's going to be a, that's one of the, the things that Adrian Beverton's been brought in to do, to change the way they recruit uh, and try to get better value. In some ways, you're saying well, it's a bit like the Brentford model. Buy them, buy them early on uh, and sell them if you can higher up in the, their career path. It's easy to say that. It's very, very hard to do that. It might mean that that needs more recruitment to get the people who, who, who work in that way. Uh, th- there have been changes in things like uh, the uh, data unit, uh, the medical staff. Uh, we, we don't see that. People will always judge all the work that goes on at Herworth by results. Uh, he's very upbeat about what he's done uh, people within the club are very upbeat very positive about the changes so we can only take them at their word obviously fans will just judge it on results if we don't go up this year people will say that it's been a wasted experiment with, with Tony Pulis if, if Borough don't go up in the summer what would you ex- this season what would you expect to happen in the summer? Well, I think there'd be a, a complete reboot the, the opportunity will, will, will be there uh, the pressing necessity will be there. Uh, the changing of the guard. So I think a lot of the older players will, would be moved on if possible. Uh, I think they would switch to younger, faster, uh, hungry players. That might mean a new manager with a new philosophy. Uh, Phil mentioned before that you know we don't really need that uh, from being a club that had years and years of stability and managers that that stayed for a long time. Suddenly we've got through four in in two years and that that feels like a lot of change and maybe there's damage there that needs to be undone from that I mean I think I think I mean just touching on what Vic's talking about that I think you know obviously if Borough go up we'll, we'll, we'll park that because we hope that's going to happen and that'll be fantastic if it does if Borough don't go up it's going to be really interesting I think 
I think there's a there's a mindset within the club now that they understand that you know the model that we've seen for 10, 15, 20 years of going out and buying oh. buying players and paying frankly Borough have had to pay over the odds more often than not for players both both in terms of transfer fees and wages to get them here. It's just it's just it's just it's just how it is. It's the same for Newcastle. It's the same for a lot of clubs in the north of England, which is particularly the case for Middlesbrough, and they've been able to do it in the past. The difficult is going to be how do you sell that message to the fan exactly. base, who've, who've, many of whom have grown up in that era, um, you know, who, who probably not even remember the, the you know, the, the, the Bruce Rioch years and and, and, and the, the cash problems, you know, even before that. So you know, will will the chairman be able to take the fans when when as we expect the club will eventually have to remodel itself as more of a kind of a Brentford who who got a haven't got money to burn they're going to have to be clever recruiters as Vic says they're going to have to we're going to you know we're going to go out and sign players who've done really well in League 2 and League 1 and the fans are going to have to accept that well you, you bought Joe Bloggs from, from Rochdale but what about that fella who's available at wherever Villa or Arsenal or, or you know obviously as an example we've, we've been used to Borough going out and bringing in players from mm. sexy clubs with sexy names and well the harsh reality is that Borough's income will half next year yeah. if they don't go up their revenues will come down to about twenty-one million pounds, give or take. Yeah. I mean, we know they've currently got a wage bill of nudging thirty. That's a big differential. That's before you even yeah. before you even uh, open the stadium. So we we know that there's financial challenges. Uh, I do think that you, you've made the point there that it's going to be selling that to the punters that's yeah. the real issue. Uh, that would have to. I mean, if they didn't go up and they had to remodel, then I think they'd have to be new management. Yeah. There'd be no no two ways about it because you you need a new philosophy, probably a new style of play, uh, and it, it would take someone who who believed in it and the people that the fans believed that the new manager believed in this philosophy. I don't think they would believe it if Tony Pulis with all the baggage that he's got and we know how he plays and etc. I think that would be a very very hard sell. You're talking about the transfer model there, then, and what Borough would have to do if they didn't go. What about if they did go? I think even then, there'd still be a more. I think they'd still yeah. try and have a more joined-up approach, wouldn't yeah. they? I think there's a recognition within the club that recruitment in the past three, four, five years has not been great. It's been a lot of it's been short-termism, and that's caused the problems because as soon as you hit a, hit a, a rocky patch, if your team's not balanced properly and not everyone's singing from the same hymn sheet, that's when you get problems, your fracture lines break under pressure, and that's, that's, all, that's been the problem. Uh, I mean, as Phil said, the, the model has been to buy ready-made components. Uh, I think this time in the, in the Premier League, they would take that as an opportunity to build in a more, more concrete and thought-out way. Again, it's easy to say that. It's not always, not always easy to get the players you want, Clubs might not want to sell them, they might not want to come, the value might not be right, but it is would be it would be a great opportunity to reshape the club. I mean the thing is when you look at I mean I always use the example, you know, if you know, talking about Borough, you know, recruiting a different type of manager and recruiting different kinds of players off, certainly from different areas. You use the example, you know, had Borough not got Gary Monk in the summer of two thousand and seventeen, but maybe it's gone for Chris Wilder, who just brought Sheffield United up. And, and signed the players that Chris Wilder wanted to sign. Now, how would that have gone down? You know, and I don't want to patronise our fans because I think they're very intelligent. You know, and you get away from the you know the noisy tub thumpers on on social media. 
you talk to most Borough fans in the pub and they're, they're, they're rational, they're intelligent people. They'll say, yeah, I know, I don't know how we're going to compete if the Premier League money disappears. Yeah, well, we know we can't rely on Steve Gibson's you know, deep pockets forever. You know, how, how, do you, how do you sell that message to the fans that you're not going to go and, and, and get the, you know, a top-name manager? You're going to go and get you know, David Wagner, like Huddersfield went out and got when no one had really heard of him. And, you, know, the, 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 you, know, the, you can list dozens of managers that none of us had really were too aware of when they came in because they, they were doing great things with Borussia Dortmund's second team or Hamburg's second team or whatever it is. So that's a whole diff- that's a huge hearts and minds exercise that and and, and I, I think obviously there's a big onus on the chairman to sell that to the fans when the time comes um, you know it's you, you, the number of players one example for me about the, the transfer system that, 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 that I think typifies the fact that the lack of joined up thinking in the last few years there was there was the, there was the big splurge after winning promotion that pretty much destroyed the, the good the dressing room, you know, with players coming in like Victor Fisher, we spoke about with Dom in the car after Villa, coming in, barely playing and then being sold on. Or your Martin Braithwaite's who come here and then they played out of position and don't get, you know, and you got your Stuani played on, on the on the white. Now, I know that happens in a lot of clubs, but Borough is spending a lot of money on these players. And for me, they're, they're not even finding out what they're capable of before they're letting them go again. You know, we've seen so many examples. We've seen Ashley Fletcher get a little bit of a goal lately and show that he's actually yeah. not that bad. Well, what they've done is they've got the bits and then tried to assemble Exactly, and, and I think that's crucial moving forward. Is, you know, said that, didn't he, recently when he talked about the number nines and he, when he talked about yeah. when he came in and Gestead saw himself mm. as a number nine, Bamford saw himself as a number nine, Sambalonga saw himself as a number nine, Braithwaite did, does... Um, and that wasn't that wasn't the case of being an aftertimer. We all said that last yeah, summer, didn't yeah. we? Every, everyone said yeah. that. You know, don't get me wrong. Everyone was excited at all these players coming in, but you did take a step back and think, well, hold on, Where's he how, how are they all going to yes. fit in? Yeah, I mean, the irony now is when with that two up front system that Tony's used in recent weeks, that would have been ideal for out of thought for Braithwaite to play just off the striker as a second striker. And that that's Bamford. his isn't that his game. You know, Bamford, and everyone, you know, the manager said, well, Bamford wanted to go. Well, of course he wanted to go because he wanted to play in his proper position. Whether he's done the right thing to go at Leeds is, a, is another question. But, you know, it's difficult to keep players happy for, 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 for an extended period of time when they're one kind of player, but they're being asked to play, be a different kind of player. And then when they're not quite good enough in that position, as the, in, when they're played out of position, they're, they're being pilloried for it. It's really difficult. So I think moving forward, I mean... You know, you dare, dare, dare we utter the phrase director of football. There's a, there's a feeling that, that, that somebody, and that might be kind of um, Adrian Beverton's overarching role in the long run, maybe it's not sort of tactically, but certainly in terms of recruitment, is there's that, there's that person underneath the chairman who's, you know, talking to, the, talking to the manager, he's talking to the coaches, he's talking to the scouts, and they're thinking two, three, four months ahead and two, three, four years ahead as well. And there's a, there's a, there's a plan, you know, to say, right, OK, we, we've, we're overloaded with left-sided midfielders. We don't want another left-sided midfielder. We, we've got a weak spot here at right-back, etc., etc. That's For me, that's the thing that jumps out. And we don't see it day-to-day. We're just looking at it relatively detached. But for me, that, that jumps out. that there's, there's, there, there needs to be some sort of process whereby the club are getting better bang for the book, really. Yeah. The, the other thing, um, you talked there about the battle for hearts and minds. Obviously, this run of results hasn't come at a great time when you consider that season ticket renewals, the early bird has just gone out for next, for next summer. That's something that the club will, will be taking into account, Beck. Absolutely. I think they're, they're well aware of the mood. Uh, 
no escaping it, is it? Like, the, the mood has been uh, not not necessarily gloomy, but I think there's there's a shortage of patience at the Riverside. Uh, at the end of the day, we've had five years now of fairly rigid football, and rigid football is very easy to sell if you're getting results. It's not so easy when you're not getting results. And I think there's a feeling that the club have stagnated almost. And a lot of that, I think, might be a hangover from relegation. Uh, I think the, the, when, when we came down, I think the, the feeling was, well, regroup, go again, we'll be back up. And that hasn't happened. And I, I think you get a little bit of recriminations and you, people lose patience and uh, just a general grumpiness around the place. To counteract that, you need something upbeat, you need something positive, you need something... Uh, that that suggests ambition uh, and an awareness, and at the minute I don't think we we're getting that from the club mainly because you know a lot of the times you feel like there's radio silence. Uh, we only get to speak to the manager before matches, and it's totally focused on matches and after games. He doesn't really want to talk about the broader issue, so everything seems to be very limited in in terms of what the club are addressing. There's no sense of a vision. And I think, I do believe that the club are actively thinking about these things behind the scenes, but it, it hasn't been made public. And I think in terms of selling the season ticket, you, what you are selling is the, the prospect of something better next year. And that has to be articulated. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you don't even, you just, it's difficult for everybody really, not knowing what division you're going to be in next season. We all hope it's the Premier League and, you know, let's hope that, that comes to pass. But it might not be. And so... How do you sell a product? It's really difficult for football clubs at this time of year, particularly clubs like Borough, who've got a, a hardcore loyal fan base who, who have to dig deep to find the money to, to, to spend on a season ticket. And um, it, it, it really is a... It, it's really... I say it's a really intriguing time. Um, it could be... You know, we could be sat here in a couple of months' time talking about going to Wembley. Well, uh, I was going to say, to, to wrap up, back to the here and now, the state of play at the top end of the championship, it's it's it's... Two from three for the automatics, isn't it? West Brom are in that purgatory yeah. spot where they're not going to go up and they're not going to go down. They've just got a decision to make on the manager. It looks like they might be giving it to uh, the caretaker until yeah. the end of the yeah. season. Um, and then they'll wait, maybe wait for your kind of see where they are there. And then Borough probably now, well, definitely now fall into that seven teams from fifth yeah. down to 11th probably down to forest you can't points, see yeah. you can't see hull doing anything no, from 51 no. points no, it's all about jockeying for position now and for me i think borough should be aiming for fifth because that way they get to play west brom and as you said there west brom are in that strange position where their job's pretty much done a few mm. people might just you know take their eye off the ball it might catch them in a complacent mood so i think and and obviously beat them home and away this season as well so i'd like to think that if if West Brom are fourth, that Borough should be fighting for the fifth position. Who is the biggest threat from below? I mean, we saw how good Villa can be twice this season. <laughs> you know, use that awful word again, momentum. You know, Villa have got it at the moment, haven't they? You know, they've they've made up chef yeah, they've made up massive ground. Chef where did when you look at the, the talent available to certain managers, and it's Villa jump out straight away, don't they? They can keep Grealish fit and McGinn fit, and they've got players up front as well, haven't they? They've got some decent strikers. They've got Tammy Abraham, he's decent. You know, they've got they've got Hurahan to come back. Um, you look at Villa and you think, on paper at least, they they they're a threat. Um, but you know, 
it's it's the, the good thing is it's in Burr's hands. They've got to, they've got to realise that. I think that's you know we can talk about you know any one of those teams below could go on a little run and sneak in and then it, it all bets are off. Um, I think it's it's about Borough and what they do, and then you know I'm not too worried where they finish. Actually, it's interesting Vic saying they get fifth to get West Brom. There's an argument to say you'd you'd, you'd be quite happy to play the team that finished third who who, who dropped out because one of those two teams it's going to be Leeds or Sheffield United drops out and they're going to be feeling hugely dis- disappointed. They are, but they're also actively chasing something all the way down the final straight. Yeah, so they're looking for the so they'll probably go in with momentum and being totally focused, whereas maybe West Brom. Eight points clear or whatever, job done, mm. and that's mm. that to me is you know that that's more likely for them to be a little bit complacent, yeah. and that that's a better scenario to me to me than a team that two weeks ago could have had the title, so they, they'll all be still yeah. up for it. I think probably Villa would be the team. In answer to your question, that would would really worry me. I think more than Derby, for example. Yeah, Preston, you look at their flying, but you do wonder whether they've quite got enough. Bristol City steam. have run out of steam. They did last season as well, didn't they? Yeah, Forest haven't had the desired effect since, since O'Neill came in. That was a bad defeat them against Villa, wasn't it, a yeah. week ago that really uh, knocked them off the stride. Well, thank you, fellas, and thanks for listening. Please uh, feel free to subscribe to the Tripe Supper if you can. Uh, and we promise, promise that we'll do them on a much more consistent basis from here on in. Thanks, fellas. <laughs>